The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. It's the Wednesday edition. And uh, it's been a very expensive day for Patrick Mahomes. We're going to talk about that and more. And here to help me do that are my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. Hello, my friend. Hello, Kent. I am doing well. Thank you for asking. I would like to congratulate and say thank you to all of our fans that decided to hop on Twitter, try to get Craig Stout, the Renaissance Man, verified. If you haven't yet, please jump on that. It was a special gift to him. If you followed me on Twitter, you now know why. Just like Ben Neiman, who was number 56, Craig Stout was celebrating his 56th birthday (laughs) on Monday. It was a happy day. All he really wanted was to get verified and get that blue check mark on Twitter. We're almost there, guys. I can feel it. We are so close. Please let them know that at Barley Hop needs the biggest blue check mark that they can find. You know, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys in on a secret here. Um, these guys thought my birthday was last Monday. If you go back and you listen to the podcast, <laughs> Maddie is introing me and I'm waving him off. Because I'm saying, no, it's, it's not my birthday. Because it wasn't. So, Maddie started to intro me and then pivoted into this verified bit that I also hate. So, please stop sending me and tagging me things. It, so, it was just a save on the fly. It was very good it was radio. A save on Listen, the fly. I, it was like a decent... It wasn't a great save. Like, it was okay. Like, I think people listening to it were probably like, that's weird. But... I still think it's an adequate job from a Maddie Lane doing that, I personally. Listen, I'm not sold it wasn't actually Craig's 56th birthday at this point in time. Like, <laughs> I think there's a giant mystery on this. We do need to get Scooby-Doo and the gang over here on this because I think there is a chance that Craig Stout did, in fact, hit the big 5'6", just like Ben Neiman's jersey number as they share a birthday. I think it's quite possible. Uh, do you know what Patrick Mahomes uh, Royals jersey won't be five six, but it might have to be five four, uh, because that would celebrate Super Bowl fifty four. And the Royals, they might be able to sell Mahomes jerseys now, because Patrick Mahomes is a part owner of your Kansas City Royals, and I could not be more elated. Craig, what a day for Craig uh, for for Patrick Mahomes buying the Royals, and he's got a new whip. I mean, Mike, dude, this is the this is the year of Patrick Mahomes. Now, uh, let's let's be careful with that Ferrari A12 super fast that he's driving right now. 
Who knows if he bought that? We don't know that Clark Hunt didn't call up a dealership down the road and say, hey, this man saved me a lot of money in signing bonus this year. We want to keep him happy. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and buy him that Ferrari. That's my wild theory that I've got out there. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes bought a share of Kansas City. Like, I mean, <laughs> we, if you didn't think that he was, you know, part of this town, you know, for 10 or 12 years, however long this contract is going to take him in Kansas City, this is just further proof that he's here for the long haul. This isn't a short-term thing for him. It's, and I mean, I, I made the joke earlier, build the statue now. Like it, this town loves him already. It's not going to change. It's only going to get better. Build the statue now so we can get pictures of him when he's young standing next to it. Yeah, if you're a Chiefs fan or a Patrick Mahomes fan, like you can be nothing but absolutely excited for this because for the simple fact that Craig just said, like, yeah, he signed the 10-year contract, which should make you feel pretty comfortable, but now he's going out of his way to kind of submit himself in the community. He is part of the city of Kansas City. He is now a part of its history and everything with the sporting history at the very least. And so you feel good. And like Craig said, make the statue already, get it done, get it over with. Yeah, it's only a baseball team, but at the same time, he's winning Super Bowls for the real sports team. So we can all be happy on every level. This is a, a second level. Mahomes buying the Royals is just a, a different level of um, commitment to a community that I've ever seen. It's It's unprecedented. Like everything about this dude has been unprecedented at this point in his career. But this is this is it's so special how committed he actually is to this city. And it's just it's I there's not very often that you can say it's more than more than just about the paycheck. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is getting paid half a million dollars, but the structure of the contract makes it very friendly for the football team to pay the best player in the world what he's what he's due, but also have the flexibility. But this dude is actually committed to this city. He wants to be here for the next 12 years. He bought part of the team, the the baseball team next door. He's going to deliver this city an NBA team. He could run for the governor of Missouri someday and win. He could run for the governor of Kansas. He could run for president and I'm pretty and he would carry Missouri. He'd carry Kansas. There's no doubt about that. It's so cool to see Patrick Mahomes say he's really committed to this city, say he really loves this city, and then show the kind of love he has for this city by doing things like buying part of the Royals. Uh, Maddie, you say we have breaking news. Yeah, and this is, you know, it's not related exactly to the Chiefs, but it's AFC West, so I feel like it's relevant. The Chargers and defensive end Joey Bosa have reached an agreement for a five-year, $135 million extension. That's $78 million in fully guaranteed at signing and 102 guaranteed. It's an NFL defensive record. That is a lot of money going to the not as good Bosa locked up for five years in, you know, for a rival of the Chiefs. And just the biggest thing is, you know, this is partially breaking news for our podcast here. I just want to get your guys' thought. Like, what do you think about Joey Bosa being across from the Chiefs for the next five years on the biggest defensive end contract in the NFL currently? That man got paid more than Miles Garrett. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like that that baffles me. Miles Garrett's million better. dollars guaranteed here, guys. That's uh, Miles Garrett's a better football player. Period. I I think he's a significantly better football player even. So I I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, yeah, as long as Mitch Schwartz is around, you're locking up Joey Bosa. I, that's good. I keep him in, you know, 
wherever the Chargers are going to play after they move him because they still have no fans. <laughs> but keep him with that team because that's that's good. I mean, he's a, he's a really good pass rusher, but I, frankly, that's a lot of money to tie to a guy that you know isn't the same kind of impact player as some of the other guys getting paid around him. Okay, so the Chargers just committed twenty or committed to Joey Bosa for the next ninety games. How many of those does he actually play? Ooh, I don't know. 70? I mean, he's got an injury history. I know. That's like uh, I think about that. Like, but also like, I I know that I know that they don't play the same position, and I know we speculated that maybe he'll play the same position a little bit this year. I would rather have Chris Jones at $20 million a year than Joey Bosa at $27 million a year, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's particularly close for me. Like, I just, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I know they don't place the same position, but, like, I, I, I think, hands down, like, Brett Veach did well here. Looking at some of the inflated contracts that have happened. Is, is Joey Bosa the second best player in his position? No. No. So Chris Jones is arguably the second best player at his position. So I period. Uh it's it's not equivalent. Oh man. That's and unbelievable. Frank, Frank Clark's deal looks really good right now. Uh, really good. Demarcus Lawrence and Frank Clark both signed big contracts last year and everybody kind of talked about how big of contracts they were and you know some people thought that both of them were not great. Both of those contracts look absolutely outstanding right now because I don't think you can sit here, no matter what your opinion is of Clark or Demarcus Lawrence, and say that Joey Bosa is hands down, heads and shoulders, $7 million worth a year better than them. I, yeah, no, this deal blew, this this knocked my socks off a little bit. And what, we're four years, three years removed from the Chargers not even wanting to pay him his rookie yes. asking price, and now they're over here literally opening their wallet and their friend's wallet and their uncle's wallet for him to take whatever he wants out of it? It's just a wild turn. I mean, good for the Chargers fans that now think that the team's going to be completely invested and run not like a mom and pops organization, but All that's a lot. Them. That's a lot of money for a very, very, very good defensive end that is not elite. Chargers fan is very excited to have Joey Bosa. Chargers fan, everybody. Um, thank you for, for dropping in there. Matt, Maddie Lane, credit Maddie Lane with this news. This the, He broke it before Twitter, of course, you know. Um, one of the other things we want to talk about is it, starting to see the wave of opt-outs that are coming through the National Football League. Um, players making the decisions for their health, for their family. Um, recent parents making this decision uh, to to forego this season, opting out really before the seven-day window, or that 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 really you know is supposed to happen with when the collective bargaining. There's just guys making this decision now. Uh, what do you think about all of it, Maddie? And, and and where do we go from here? I think we have to start with our home team here, the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked a little bit about Clutch Leo Simile earlier this week, about him being on the Chiefs now. The reason he's on the Chiefs is because Laurent Duvernay-Tardif decided to opt out this season so he could go help his community, you know, using his medical skills, performing as, I believe, an orderly, they said. I can't remember exactly what they're calling it, where he's from, but essentially his doctor, he's using his doctorate degree. He is going to go out. He's going to help his community. He feels like if he's putting himself in danger, it should be there. So kudos to him. Like, that's a round of applause for LBT for making that decision for not, it's not just himself. He just listened to his heart and did what he had to do. Hopefully, 
that's the only Chiefs opt-out we get just because, I mean, quite simply, it makes your football team a little bit worse when guys decide to do that. And I'm not holding it against them whatsoever. If you don't feel safe being around, you know, the COVID virus or anything like that, please don't go to your job if you don't absolutely have to. That goes out to NFL players. But you look at a team like the Patriots, they're losing like 25% of their starters who are deciding to opt out. And again, more power to them, but that's a lot of talent that's just going to sit out this season of football because of what's going on. So hopefully for the Chiefs, their plan has been approved by the NFL. Hopefully nobody else decides to opt out at this point in time so you can keep the full roster together, try to repeat. But yeah, there's a lot of guys making that decision right now for themselves and their family. And yeah, for the Patriots, that's Patrick Chung, Donta Hightower, Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon. I mean, those are not small names. Those are big name players for them. Uh, there's a couple others that have, you know, kind of backed out so far. Eddie Goldman for the Bears is a big name. Star Latulale for the Bills is a big name. Andre Smith for the Ravens. So, I mean, there, this is not going to be a small thing, and we're not done. Uh, the, the clock starts ticking on the deadline for this when the NFL and the NFLPA have their agreement. Seven days from then, that's when the deadline is that you have to you know, basically put in for your opt-out. I think we may see more players coming down the line. I think we may see more changes. And this is going to affect not only the Chiefs, but the teams that they are playing so far this year. It's going to be very interesting to see over the next you know, eight, nine, ten days, whenever it is that they get this thing done, I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see who all ends up opting out of this 2020 season. And I don't want to hear one person in my mentions complaining about a player making a decision for him and his family. Yep. I, I can't. I Frankly, guys, I don't care if Patrick LeVon Mahomes decides to sit the season out. I understand it would ruffle some feathers. This is... Put yourself in that position. If you were, if your family was in a situation where it was high risk, which, by the way, a large faction of the NFL is qualified as a high-risk player, a high-risk individual in this structure in which they've negotiated. I believe I saw something that said 70% of players fall into some of the high-risk categories. It's, you've got to make these decisions for, for your family. You've got to make these decisions for your own. These are all humans. So please just... Don't don't get your feathers ruffled if someone of significance on this football team decides to, to make a move. Please don't. Just just respect them as human beings. As as uh, the same way there's there's families this it's not like you're immune to any of the stuff that we're all dealing with in our society just because you're a football player. Uh all right, we're gonna take a break and we will be back with some depth chart competition that Maddie wants to do right after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. 
All right, Maddie wanted to go ahead and, and do some some depth chart competition of some. Why don't you just lay it out for us, Maddie? It's not we're not calling it a game, although you are on a hot streak with the game. Why don't you just lay out what you want to do here? I mean, this isn't a competition in any way, shape, or form. This is just three good football buddies coming together to predict the final fifty-three man depth chart of the Kansas City Chiefs before training camp really gets on the way. You know, it's we're having a little bit of an advantage this year because there's only going to be 80 guys at camp. So, you know, we already got a few cut downs. And, I mean, to pull the curtain back, we talk to each other a lot when we're not podcasting, guys. A lot of our choices are going to be the exact same. So we have not talked about this at all off the podcast. You are going to get this all live. So when we do disagree, it is going to be bare knuckles, blood, sweat, and tears put into this debate. So we are going to fight each other to the death until we decide who is making the AP Laboratory Kansas City Chiefs 53-man depth chart at every single position. And there will be a championship belt involved. There, there will be a belt involved. It's an anklet, but... <laughs> I wasn't in for this before, but now I'm super in. I'm gonna win Craig, this. Craig legitimately perked up when 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 the mention of a championship belt was thrown out there. Um, okay, yeah. so all right, Maddie, we're gonna go ahead and start with the running backs to make this football team, and you can, you have to do number, and you have to do the names. I'm going with four running backs, and I didn't feel good about it. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Damian Williams, DeAndre Washington, and Daryl Williams. The only caveat is I, I think I think Damian Williams could be traded. And if they trade Damian Williams, they're not replacing him with Darwin Thompson. They're keeping three, and they're using that extra position to help solidify a different spot because there are some very tough choices on this 53-man roster for me. I am going with five on this. Shut up. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Damian Williams, DeAndre Washington, and Darwin Thompson, and Anthony Sherman. Those are, are my five. Are we counting Anthony Sherman? He is a running back, Kent. Alright, fine. I got five. Throw Anthony Sherman on there. Okay, whatever. He give give the man some love. I think No. <laughs> you gotta put him somewhere. <laughs> I think that this team will keep as many of those guys as possible, especially since the only one of them that hasn't been around this organization over the past year is the rookie first rounder that's definitely making the team. I just think that in a season of potential upheaval, if somebody tests positive, if somebody has to sit for a couple of games, I think going to the well and trusting a running back that has been around for a year is going to be more important to this team. Kent, who was your third running back? Uh, technically, DeAndre Washington. Okay. So, for me, I have running back one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Running back two is Damian Williams. Running back three is Daryl Williams. That's, I think, where the first big difference comes. I think I'm higher on Daryl than these other two guys in terms of my depth chart. And that's simply because they trust him so much on third down. They put him out there over LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams a ton last year on third downs, mostly for his blocking, but he's shown the ability to catch passes. They've run big Daryl Williams down the seam and thrown him footballs 15, 20 yards downfield. He's trusted there. So I have him as the running back three. I would have DeAndre Washington right after that. Anthony Sherman at fullback. I don't have Darwin Thompson making the team. So I think Craig's alone on that one. And my simple 
My simple reason is for the fact that Darwin Thompson, it should be a receiving running back. With his skill set, he should be a good receiver. He's not. He only runs <laughs> flat routes and still doesn't get very many targets. 90%, okay, it was probably like 70% of his receiving yards came off of a screenplay. The only screenplay I saw him run in the last five games of the season against New England, that was 70% of his receiving yards. Like, that's just not repeatable. If you can't be a receiving running back when you're an open space running back kind of player, I just don't think they can use him. I think DeAndre Washington's a little bit more proven in that regard. So he gets that final spot to be, because I do think the Chiefs will keep four true running backs. They always suffer injuries. Andy Reid's been very clear that he likes bodies at that position. I think De- I think DeAndre Washington's your third down guy. Uh, more dynamic pass catching ability. Although I think Clyde's probably going to wind up getting some of that too. <laughs> um, uh, but I think you de- like you're going to designate a guy as like you're kind of. I think that's DeAndre Washington. Daryl Williams is my four, but I think he's going to be the special teams guy. I think he's going to be uh, – uh, you want to roster him. I think you need to roster Daryl Williams because he is a he's capable of a lot of different things, and he's probably one of the better pass protectors on this roster. Um, and he's a good special teams player or a, a capable special teams player and probably more than DeAndre Washington. But I, I, it's kind of a moot point, honestly, between three and four, but I do think both of those make it for different I reasons. Think, I, I do think that DeAndre Washington and Daryl Williams is the battle for me. Like I think that for, they for RB three for RB three yes I I've got Darwin Thompson as RB four there I don't think that he's necessarily competing with them I think that's one of those listen this guy's an athlete let's try and keep him in the building another year see if we can get a little more out of him like not willing to give up on him just yet that's that's my logic behind it and between DeAndre Washington and Darrell Williams, it's I'm going with the guy that Pat has played with before. No, and I think that's absolutely fair because I now that Craig says that, it is in Kent's point too, Darrell Williams and DeAndre Washington are kind of competing for third down running back reps when both running backs ahead of them are probably better third down running backs already as is. So it's is, weird, but it's is, true. Yeah, is that really going to be a defining factor? I'm still leaning with Daryl Williams' ability to be a pass protector and having the trust of the team already. But I get Craig's point here is if you're if you're going to get rid of one of them because they're fighting for the same position, keeping your draft pick and Darwin Thompson around makes some sense. I'm just not willing to flip it around yet because Darwin Thompson, I just don't see him do anything better than anybody on this roster. We like Darwin Thompson coming out too. We I did. mean, I think we had, we had a fifth round grade on him. He wound up going in the sixth or seventh. Um, and there's so much. Darwin Thompson's was some of the most fun tape to watch as a rookie or as a as a uh, junior at Utah State. But there's just so many lapses with him in his rookie year that make me doubt if he's ever going to make it. Patrick Mahomes threw one at the back of his head in the AFC Championship game because Darwin wasn't right. And then later in the game, you're going to see it in an article I have working on in Arrowhead Pride. He ran an angle route, was wide open after communication. was a really great design. Darwin Thompson's wide open, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't even look at him. And Patrick Mahomes worked to the backside X immediately and was just like, nope, we're good. <laughs> he just threw it. <laughs> he threw it to Sammy. Um, so I just I don't have a ton of hope for Darwin Thompson. There is still a lot of hope for Darwin Thompson out there. I just don't see it. Um I, I, I just can't see it the way some other people do. All right. Wide receivers to make the team, Maddie. Lay it out for us. 
I think it's pretty obvious the first wide receiver is going to be Tyreek Hill. And we can break these down into positions when you want to go through your list here, guys. But I'm just going to keep it a little simple for now. Tyreek Hill is number one. Sammy Watkins is number two. He is your guy that's going to play your X wide receiver position, though. Like, he is your guy on the line of scrimmage. He's your possession receiver. That's important to note for here in a little bit. Wide receiver three, Demarcus Robinson. I still think he's trusted a little bit more than the other guys on the roster at this point in time. He plays on the outside a little bit better because Tyreek Hill's kicked into the slot so often. Wide receiver four, McCole Hardman. Wide receiver five, Byron Pringle. I think Pringle has a good edge to make this roster because he's the only other guy that can take Sammy Watkins' role. He's the only other ex-wide receiver they have anywhere on this depth chart. And that's it. Five wide receivers. That's where I draw the line. That sounds not like a, not very many. The Chiefs did that last year for multiple weeks. They only had five. You get special teams contribution out of the final three guys here. So I think you're getting special teams players and guys to help the offense. Yeah. Um, and those five that they kept last year were those same exact five. And I, for all the exact same reasons, I won't belabor the point. I'm going with the exact same five. I think that it's fairly clear on this. They didn't invest heavily in the draft trying to get, you know, a guy. I I think that, you know, we, we like Kalijah Lipsum a little bit, but I still think that he's destined for the practice squad. I don't think that that's a guy that's necessarily somebody that they've got to protect. So I'm going with those five, same as Maddie. Guys, we have more breaking news here on the uh, AP Laboratory. Oh, my goodness. Per, per friend of the show, Therese Paler. Uh, the Chiefs have agreed to a deal with Seahawks safety, former Seahawks sa- safety, Tedrick Thompson. Ooh. He's a younger guy, too. I, I believe I, I, he hasn't been in the league that long. I'm trying to I, I want to kind of look up his contract, but like it feels like. So initial reaction was excited because I liked him his first couple years in Seattle and he kind of started losing opportunities. Next reaction after I got through the excitement is Juan Thornhill's recovery not where we want it to be? Why are we considering adding a safety so late in the process? Well, because okay. our Armani Watts is extremely replaceable uh, and not very good at football. Sure. And Rodney Clemens is the fifth safety on this I, football. I hope that's the case. But I just think that that is a thought that crossed my head is now that they are getting into the building, Juan Thornhill is coming off an injury. They are now getting into camp. Are we maybe about to get a little bit of news about where he's at in his recovery? I mean, it, Juan Thornhill's in the building, right? Don't we think that Juan Thornhill's in the building? Do they uh, they typically allow injured players to come in at the same time as QBs and rookies? If he's been in the building, that would be an indicator for sure. And Tedrick Thompson is a free safety. Like, that that's what he is. So this is not like, oh, we got another box guy. No, they this is this is a deep safety type. Now um now, to be fair, though, he—I mean, Juan's really the only deep guy that they have. Correct, correct. I mean, they—they they play so a lot I of mean, split. This, this couldn't—I mean, it could be. It could. Oh, sorry. Go, Craig. Yeah, they play a lot of split, and Dan Sorensen plays deep in some of those split reps. They—they they had you know Kendall Fuller, Jordan Lucas, and dime reps playing those those split deep reps as well. But yes, most of the time it was Juan up top there. I think Tedrick Thompson, from a roster construction standpoint, makes a lot more sense than Amani Watts. I think there's a little bit more versatility and flexibility in your secondary if it's Tedrick Thompson instead of Armani Watts. Also, Tedrick Thompson doesn't stink. No, like this is a this is a nice late season signing. I'm kind of I didn't know he was in on the market, frankly, 
Um, it looks like I'm trying to do some research on the fly here, but I mean, he's only 25 years old. This is a young football player who beyond his, I, he just didn't last beyond his rookie deal. And I, he might've been a cap casualty. I'm learning here as we're kind of just picking things up here. I, I believe he went on to I, the IR during the middle of last year. And then he was just released afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's, that is the case. Um, well, they traded for Quadre Diggs from the Lions once Tedrick Thompson. I don't know if he was injured before or if that happened after, but they traded for another games. safety. They yeah. traded for another safety, so they had Bradley McDougal and Diggs playing safety. Tedrick Thompson got hurt at some point in time. He was then cut. I don't know if there was a reason or not, but he he earned starting reps with that team playing that center field role in the Seattle Seahawks cover three. That's what he was good at in college. That is a skill set that the Chiefs really only have one safety that excels at in right. Juan Thornhill. I just right. find the timing really peculiar. If you didn't think Armani Watts or Rodney Clemens were your next safety, you've had a lot of time to fix that right now as everyone's coming into the building for camp. And maybe it's not Juan Thornhill. Maybe somebody's about to opt out. Maybe the Chiefs heard that somebody's deciding that they don't feel comfortable playing the NFL season. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's peculiar timing to me. It could be Watts. It could be Dan Sorensen. I mean, like it, those those types of guys would would make some sense as a guy that Tedrick Thompson could come in and be asked to do a similar thing. It was a labrum surgery that he had, and just for reference, uh, the Seahawks were trying to trade him before the draft. Like that was very public knowledge, and after the draft, they went ahead and they released him. Uh, the report was that he could probably be had for a late round pick and nobody took the bait to take on his $2.13 million cap hit. So that's, that's a decent size cap hit for a guy coming off of injury. I would guess that the chiefs probably did not invest much of anything in Tedrick Thompson, but I do wonder if this is part of the money that they have cleared because LDT has opted out of the season. They right. did get a little bit of cap relief there. Maybe the Chiefs felt like this is a position that we were looking to try and get some guys in, give us some little Juan Thornhill insurance in case he's hurt, or you know, have him compete with Armani Watts, whatever the case may be. Having that money now, maybe they saw an opportunity to go out and get a safety that could maybe contribute for Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. Well, again, like I said, this is like Juan Thornhill is really the only guy as a deep safety that they really have on this roster. I like I like the idea of Tedrick Thompson on this football team. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna lie. I think it's I and I th I think it's good value this late. I don't want to look into it too much, Maddie. Your instincts have been right on a lot of stuff like this, so you might be onto something here. But overall, I just I think this is a really smart move, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know the dust is cleared. You know, the Chiefs have a, a little bit more clarity, a little bit more cap space. They've gotten Chris Jones done. They've gotten, you know, Patrick Mahomes done. Maybe now they're just kind of playing in the waters now. They're looking around at some of these guys, and some of these guys are looking for jobs and opportunities, and now they have a little bit. Because I, I bet you he's not counting much against the salary cap. You know, he's a, a vet minimum type player, right. is my guess. I, at the very least, this is really good depth. Really, really right. good depth, guys. Like, I mean, the Chiefs have made two... Excellent moves this week between Kalecio Semele and Tedrick Thompson. Those are both excellent late July moves. Right. 
And obviously, there was one of them was a direct response to the news of Laurent Duvernay and Tardif. I don't know if I look into it like this one. There, I could be wrong, but I just I think this is just a this makes sense. Safety is the worst position on this football team from a depth perspective. I think, or one of the worst, like. It, because in, I, that sounds crazy to say because they have three good safeties, but one goes down, they're screwed. And Rodney Clemens was probably going to make this team. Like they, they typically keep that many, and he had a real shot to make this team. So that's that's something that, I mean, Tedrick Thompson's a better player than Rodney Clemens. And he's a better player than Armani Watts, and it's not even close. Armani Watts has been put on notice. Uh, that's what that tells me. Or Maddie could be right. And one of these safeties is getting getting let go. Uh, or, or not getting let go is is not is opting out this season. Like I think that's that that's very real possibility. Or Juan Thornhill. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios in which that could happen. Insulating yourself at safety is not a bad thing anyway, though. It's gonna be interesting to see this. Like the next couple of days, I'm very interested to see if there's any you know news you know because of this. You know if, the, if this was a response to something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. Should we get back to what we were talking about or? I mean, it's up to you guys. I figure if we keep talking long enough, we're going to get our third piece of breaking news on this podcast. We probably will. Uh, we're probably going to find out what safety is you know, opting oh, out. Don't do that. No. <laughs> were, were we on wide receivers making the football team? You were up to wide receiver. Craig and I had Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, and Byron Pringle in that order as only five wide receivers making the final 53-man death chart. I think there's six, but oh. that was before the Tedrick Thompson news. <laughs> um, I just think because of the nature of of what we're about to experience, and I think you know the Chiefs probably want to make sure that they keep some receivers, you know, on the roster because of you know the COVID issues and all the stuff that they're going to be dealing with. I think and I I don't agree with it. I think Garrick Dieter's making the football team. I I do. I think the sixth wide receiver is Garrick Dieter, and I'm not gonna like it. And Dave Tobe is, and I just I I think Garrick Dieter is is the sixth receiver. Um, Ty Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman's my three right now. I believe he's going to overtake Demarcus Robinson. I. I don't feel great about that one. That one's a little tighter for me. Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pingle, than Garrick Dieter. All right, let's just jump to... Let's do tight ends real quick. I want to defend myself real quick on the Garrick Dieter thing. No, I think the special teams aspect makes a ton of sense, and I almost went with that too. However, my holdup was I think there's a lot of defensive players on this roster that play special teams, and I this that's where I see a lot of the special teams contributions coming from. And I, I was looking through the whole 53. I wanted to put Dieter on there for that reason. But the more I looked, I think you can get equal special teams play from guys that can probably provide more to the actual offense slash defense part of the football. That was the only reason I kept him off as that special teams contributor because I think they have some defensive backs that can do the same thing. All right, what, what, uh, what tight ends make the team, Craig? I think that... Uh, three tight ends are making the team here, and I think it's Travis Kelsey, obviously, and I think it's Dion Yelder. They love him, and I think Nick Kaiser, just because they need somebody that they can have as a more traditional blocker. Ricky Seals-Jones is more of a move tight end. They have that in Kelsey. Yelder can get get up and go a little bit as well. He's kind of a hybrid guy. Nick Kaiser is more of your traditional pass blocker type of guy so I think that in that situation 
having some 12 and 13 personnel looks with Kaiser on the field, not a bad idea if you've got him as a blocking tight end. This is where my roster construction gets a little bit weird this year, guys, because I have four tight ends making this roster, and that is wild. I have Travis Kelsey. Deion Yelder is your tight end two. Nick Kaiser is tight end three. But John Lovett, I don't think the Chiefs want to let him go, and I don't know how you slide him onto the practice squad at this point in time. I think he's going to be useful on special teams. He's obviously more of an H-back, so if you want to put two fullbacks and carry him as an extra running back instead of tight end where he's actually going to play, that's fine, however you want to do it. But this was part of the reason I wanted to keep only five wide receivers. I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to keep both Kaiser and Lovett for their football team. Kaiser helps a little bit more traditionally right now, especially with Yelder not being proven yet. Lovett's a guy that you still have to work in a little bit more. I just don't think the Chiefs are ready to lose him. And if he goes to the practice squad, I don't think they're going to get to keep him going forward. Maddie, how many quarterbacks do you have making the team? We will get there when we cross that bridge, Kent. I'm just I'm trying to count up all these players. I told you how I, many I, I had on offense. You know that they need five offensive linemen, right? <laughs> I'm just I mean, you're like you're like Brett Veach with the salary cap. You get a roster spot. You get a roster spot. You get a roster spot. I'm trying to just do like I, this is this is wild to me. Um I have two. I had to account for everything going on, and I made my decisions based on what I think will happen because of COVID. And I went with two tight ends, and Travis Kelsey and Dion Yelder are the two that make it. Um, I don't feel great about it. Um, I, I'm honestly keep an eye on Nick Kaiser. I know that there's some fans of his, uh, so keep an eye on, on on Nick Kaiser in that in that um, role, potentially as tight end two or tight end three, and maybe the Chiefs keep three. I see him keeping two for now because I think there's just other decisions that they're going to have to make. And this whole thing, this roster construction is wild. So you're willing, both of you are willing to lose John Lovett. I mean, because that's essentially what's going to happen, right? Oh, I'm not willing to. I don't, I don't think I, Oh wait, Craig, I'm not willing to. I just think the chiefs will be willing to. (laughs) I, Look, here's here's how I look at it, Maddie. I think there are some guys that I don't think I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams taking each other's players, and I think there's going to be this is a unique situation where a lot of these teams are going to have their players hold up, uh, and probably not a lot of guys jumping other teams. I think John Lovett's going to wind up on the practice squad. Uh, I think Darwin Thompson's going to wind up on the practice squad. I think Jordan Tamu is going to wind up on the practice squad, just so you know. There's some other guys like that. Well, And this could be um, a Cody Thompson situation where I'm overvaluing a player that I've seen play for the Chiefs a little bit, and John Lovett here, and a guy that I like some of his films. So maybe the NFL won't like him as much. But you look around the NFL, if teams are looking for fullbacks, they are looking for athletic, mismatch, H-back types. From what we've seen of John Lovett, he fits that mold. If a team is going out to search for a fullback because they don't have one, He's the exact type you like, and from all accounts, he crushed interviews. He's a very good football, high football character. I don't know. I would just be scared to try to slide him onto the practice squad. I would probably keep him over Kaiser if I was getting rid of both of them. I just think Kaiser helps a little bit more right now. I just wanted to clear up if you guys were okay with you know losing Lovett, or if you thought the Chiefs would be okay losing him. I I think the Chiefs are playing some calculated bets and expecting to be able to keep some guys they normally wouldn't. 
But also in a perfect world or in a different world, Matt Moore is not on this roster, and John Lovett probably is. In my world, Anthony Sherman's gone, though. Like In my world, it's just time to move on from Anthony Sherman. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition. We will be back tomorrow with the AP Laboratory Best of the Super Bowl and then from the podium on Friday. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you later.